This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You like this one, Jim. On the weekend, I went over to uh, my pal Hudson's place. And he's he knows how to whip up a nice steak on the barbecue. So mm-hmm. he said, hey, I'm making a steak for my friend Dr. Bob, who's a retired doctor. And Hudson has him over about once a week to make him a steak dinner. I say, yeah, I'd love to come by. So I get there. Dr. Bob always brings over a bottle of wine from his collection. Something that pairs well. Something that pairs well with the red meat. Mm-hmm. And... He doesn't, he's not a huge wine guy, but over the years he's collected it. You know, he's, he, he was a doctor for decades and decades and he's given gifts and hey, here's, has a, have this bottle of wine, Dr. Bob. So he brings it over and he doesn't know what kind of wine it is, what the value is. So we open this thing up and we pour it into glasses and he's like, how's it taste? How's it smell? I'm like, I, to be honest, I, I think it's gone bad. <laughs> like it kind of stinks. This is not what I'm used to wine smelling or tasting like. Let's look it up. So we type it into the Google search and, and try and find the bottle of wine. It was like 20 years old or something. Mm-hmm. It was a $600 bottle of oh, wine. Oh, boy. And I was about to dump it down the sink. I heard $600. I'm like, oh, I guess it's really good, and I just don't know what wine's supposed to taste like. <laughs> Wait, so, that's, so it didn't turn. That's, that's what good wine know. tastes Maybe like? Maybe it had turned, but yeah. once I heard it was $600 a bottle, I was like, I guess I'm drinking this anyways. This is my theory of what happened with caviar. People go, oh, this is disgusting. What is this? Well, it costs $600. Mmm! <laughs> Yummy! Yum! We're classy. <laughs> Yeah, but we've we've talked before about like, yeah, once you get over sixty dollars for a bottle of wine, sixty can it get 20. much better? They they all taste the same. I have no idea. They Neither all taste I. the same to me. I'm a total wine poser. Yeah. Now, like a steak, a sixty dollar steak versus a twenty dollar steak, I'll be able to tell the difference between that generally. Right. Maybe not a homemade one though, because sometimes I'd say between a ten dollar bottle and a thirty dollar bottle of wine, you can tell the difference. I I wouldn't if it's if you take it out of the bottle and it's in a glass, I'd have a tough time. Yeah. I can't. I can't say I would. Well, I, I let me tell you. I was tasting uh, cappuccino, <laughs> burnt oak, sure, uh, boysenberries, <laughs> and a little hint of skunk, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and a little uh, poo. <laughs> Is that French? It had a stank to it. It had mm. that six hundred dollar wine stank. Mm. The Taz and Jim podcast. Well, I hope you haven't been holding your breath waiting for a Pink Floyd reunion because I don't think it's going to happen. Social media feud between Roger Waters and David Gilmour, original band members, of course. Those are the two guys, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, David Gilmour's wife started it, tweeting at Roger Waters, saying, quote, he's anti-Semitic to his rotten core. This is David Gilmore's wife, Polly Sampson. She also called him a Putin apologist and a lying, thieving, hypocritical, tax-avoiding, lip-syncing, misogynistic, sick-with-envy megalomaniac. And a dear friend. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) David Gilmore added fuel to the fire. He retweeted his wife, adding, quote, every word demonstrably true. 
Roger's team posted a reply on Instagram saying Roger Waters is aware of the wildly inaccurate comments made about him on Twitter by Polly Sampson, which he refutes entirely. He is currently taking advice as to his position. So, I don't know, a lawsuit? Maybe. Oh, do not draw more attention to it, Roger Waters. You guys are both independently wealthy. If like, Move on? Move on, dudes. <laughs> Say what you want, but uh, move on. Ooh, how much do they hate each other? <laughs> and then the wife getting in there, too. Oh, true. I egging them on, too. So, you know, if Roger claps back at the wife, then he's insulting David's wife. And yeah, really. now David's got to defend her honor. That this, is, this has been going on for years between these guys. That is a messy situation. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's uh it's a tale as old as time with these bands. Yeah. The Taz and Jim Podcast. It is amazing what South Park is able to get away with on television, man. <laughs> Last week they went hard on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. We want privacy! We want privacy! Hey, thanks for having us on the show. It's so awesome to be here, it's great. So let me start with you, Sam. You've lived a life with the royal family. You've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book, Wah. <laughs> so they, they didn't uh, call them Megan and Harry, but clearly if you see the little cartoons, it's Megan and Harry. I, I, think that I haven't seen the full episode, but I do believe they're calling them the Prince and Princess of Canada. That's right. <laughs> And, and their they, heads flap away like the Canadians on South Park. They leave Canada because they're getting too much attention and they go hide out in South Park, which turns out to not be a great idea. Um, apparently, Megan was left upset and overwhelmed by the portrayal of her on the show. She refuses to watch the entire episode. There's also talk that she and Harry are considering a lawsuit. They're going to sue South Park. <sighs> So that would be the most counterproductive thing you could ever do. I don't know if she's aware of what the Streisand effect is, but there was a photo of Barbara Streisand on the internet. She tried to sue people to get rid of it, and then everybody just posted it everywhere. So the more you try to fight something on the internet, the more it's going to spread. And I don't know what she'd even sue them for in the first yeah, place. Yeah, what are you going to say? It's, it's clearly a parody. And If you don't directly say their name, I don't know. And you're, did. you're entitled to have an opinion about people, right? Mm. Even if they were in the royal family. <laughs> it appears that like so many things with Meghan and Harry, this may have legal ramifications attached. Their legal team are casting an eye over the episode to see what is wrong and what could be turned into something more sinister. <laughs> this is ridiculous. The best move would just be to go away for a few years. They, they need to so. take this as a sign that if South Park is talking about it, maybe they're onto something here and you, you are overexposed. Uh-huh. Go away for a bit. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He's also a major Toronto Maple Leafs fan. How are you feeling about the big trade over the weekend? I was uh, surprised and uh, really pleased. I mean, they gave up a lot to pull this trade off. What uh, they ended up doing was sending a couple prospects and four picks out the door to bring in Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Nolan Achari, and um, I I think it's worth it. I mean, they had to uh, bolster their forward group. 
what's been kind of surprising is they've been playing O'Reilly as their second line center with Tavares on the wing in the first two games. I kind of thought they would use O'Reilly as their third line center and have a bit more increased center depth, but it's a good trade. Ultimately, it works out out to a first, a second, a third, and a fourth over multiple drafts. But some of the picks they gave up were for salary retention. So uh, O'Reilly has a big cap hit, but for Toronto, it's only going to be $1.8 million. St. Louis is taking half of his salary, and Minnesota is taking half of the remaining salary that was going to Toronto. So it's some pretty smart uh, cap work by the Leafs. Leaves them with an opportunity to improve the team again before the deadline, what they might give up because they don't have a lot left is an open question, but they have space to make a move if they want to. So the Patrick Kane rumors, they're, they're done now. He's not going to Toronto. After they're done. This. Also, Pat Kane has said he doesn't think it's a fit. So now that might be Pat Kane looking at the situation and saying, I don't think the Leafs have enough to get me anyway. He had a hat trick against uh, Toronto on Sunday, so he's still got the goods. But he doesn't seem like a guy who really wants to leave Chicago. He still has not made his decision. He wanted to go to New York. New York went with uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. So I wouldn't be surprised if Pat Kane doesn't move after all. I'm just going to throw out some criticisms I heard for this trade because most people are positive about it. But number one, they should have spent the money on a defenseman or goalie because that's where they're struggling the most on defense. And are they too pot committed for this playoff run? Because after this season is over, Riley's kind of a free agent, is he not? Or a rental player. So. He, he is a free them. agent. I would not be surprised if uh, he does a, uh, a Giordano, a Mark Giordano, and signs like for a below market contract with Toronto. That's no inside information. No one it, said d- that. it depends on how the season goes, for d- sure. It could be like if they win or lose, because Giordano is a Toronto guy who came to Toronto. He wanted to come to Toronto, and then they didn't win. And so he signed on for two more years. O'Reilly's from Clinton, you know. He, according to Carlo Koliakovo, wanted to come to Toronto to win with the Leafs is major. And so it, you could say, okay, they won. He wants to roll it back. They want it. And so he'd come back for cheap. Or they didn't win, but they came close and he comes back for cheap. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on. It's hard to pass up millions of dollars just for that chance to win in Toronto. But I don't think. It's necessarily a rental on the O'Reilly front. There's an opportunity he could come back. Aside from that, in terms of goal, I like Ilya Samsonov. I think he's going to be their goal. I mean, you can only give up so much for defense. I like their defense core as well. I think they needed more support up front. What happens if John Tavares or Austin Matthews gets injured. Tavares got injured a couple of playoffs ago. Matthews has missed a couple of games this year. Ryan O'Reilly provides some support and some depth at the most important position on the ice. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Let's talk about tips here for a moment. Okay. Global news story. Canadians think tipping is getting out of control. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. It seems like you're being shamed into tipping more places than five, ten years ago, right? Yeah, I think the percentage of tips has gone up too, so now sometimes the 15% isn't the lowest option. Yeah, you go into a fast food place and they never used to say, would you like to tip when you paid with Interac or whatever. Now they are asking you to do that. And I have told you in the past, Jim, I refuse. If you're going to ask, I'm refusing at a fast food place. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tip. And I've stood by that. Now, as you mentioned, also the amounts have gone up 
when they suggest how much you should tip. It used to be 18% was a high-end tip. Oh, absolutely. Now 18% is like the beginning suggestion. Not for me. 10% <laughs> still is. But they don't even put that on there. It's like 18, 20, 25, or 30. Yeah, yeah. How I, much would you like to tip on the machine? And they know how many buttons you're supposed to press. So if you go custom, like I always feel like I'm being judged by the person behind <laughs> the till. They know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I will, so, say, I will say, though, Taz, for the first time ever... At a fast food place, I, I did tip the guy because he earned it. Okay. Not, not because I was... Comp- not well, like give a, him a shout-out. Give him some recognition. Shout-out Subway <laughs> on, uh, what was it? Hyde Park in that little plaza there by the CIBC. In London, Ontario. Yes. Okay. And um, the guy, first off, I was getting two subs. And he, he, number one, he loaded my sub up with a ton of meat. I was like, good start, bud. And then my, I was buying another sub for my girlfriend, too, and she said no cheese on hers. So I said no cheese on that one. He said, well, would you like double cheese on yours because you're paying the same? I said, sure, my good man, I will take double cheese on mine because the cheese wasn't on her, so he put twice as much on mine. And then, and then as we were checking out, I got the combo with the chips, and then I go, yeah, and just uh, the, the sandwich in the water. Uh, for the other one, he goes, well, you might as well make it a combo. It's the same price, and you can oh, get free mi- double chips. He might as well, yeah. He might as well, but he he actually might as well me because it is the same price. Like, if you're going to get a drink with the sub, it's like 10 cents more to get the chips. So he was like, you might as well get the chip." I was like, you know what? You are right. Sound advice. Yeah. So he's helping you get more chips. Yes. And I was like... For the same price. And he doesn't have to do that. No. And he knows everybody comes in here, nobody's tipping him, you know, unlike the the bartender at the... At the bar where everybody's drunk and they're already giving him money. This guy's just doing it for the love of the game. So I said, here you go. $2. He's a sandwich artist. Damn right he was. $2 tip. I don't know if that was a percentage. I don't like the percentages. So I said, that's worth a toonie. There you go. Done. And, and you handed him a toonie? No, I put it through the machine. I hope it gets the cut. <laughs> I hope they don't have to pool their tips or something like that. Because who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But no, he earned it, man. What happened to that? What happened to tipping based on performance? Mm-hmm. Not out of obligation. That's yeah. not a tip. You should it's be. A fee. You shouldn't be judged if you don't tip. If someone does a terrible job, you shouldn't give them a tip. Am I wrong? No. But then they'll probably post your face on the internet and say, "Look yeah. at this cheap idiot." You got to tip something, other then you might get spit in, in your food too if you go back. Yeah, true. <laughs> so tip something. <laughs> But with, you know, prices of everything going up and everyone's strapped for cash and they're suggesting that we tip 25%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seems excessive. And I, I feel like people aren't... There used to be an old rule of thumb where you don't tip with the taxes in, you tip before mm. the taxes, and that's not put into consideration when the machine's handed to you. Yeah, unless you're getting double cheese <laughs> and extra meat for free. Yeah. I don't know why and you're ten tipping. 10-cent chips. 10-cent chips. You can't beat that no. deal. Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? Time for sports with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. NBA All-Star Weekend. And boy, you called it. That six foot two white guy put on a clinic in the dunk competition, Dev. Listen, they don't put six foot two white guys in the dunk competition who can't jump. So <laughs> <laughs> despite what that movie would have you believe. <laughs> so the second I saw him and the fact he was from uh, the G League, 
I, I instantly it was the like G League or the D League. It used to be the D League. Now it's the G League. They keep changing. Sponsored the name. by Gatorade now, yeah. and I think it's called the G League. But yeah, so it's. Uh, but the second they called him up, I knew he was going to win it. That I think the NHL should do this. Get the, the the guys from the AHL who can, you know, hit the you know do a slap shot 110 miles an hour. And Here's all the that thing. Sort of Here's my mild complaint. It's the NBA All Star Game, not the G League All Star. But Game. he signed to an NBA team. He right? was signed to the, Has he scored a point in the NBA regular season? He's uh, He might have logged a couple minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not quite an all-star, but he might be someday. So well, this, you think he's like the equivalent of these guys who can't make the PGA Tour, but they can drive the ball yes. 500 yards? Absolutely. Snappy Gilmore. Mac McClung, if he has an extended NBA career, no offense to Mac McClung, I will be surprised. But when you look at one of the, the fundamental differences between the NBA All-Star Game and the NHL All-Star Game, a lot of the guys who participate in this, in some of the skills competitions, aren't the biggest guys. Like LeBron James has never competed in the slam dunk competition. You get more of the big-name shooters in the three-point competition. But in the slam dunk, it was Jericho Sims, Kenyon Martin Jr., it was Trey Murphy the third, guys that are not household names but have a real skill and talent for dunking. Well, this McClung guy, he he dunked over a guy on another guy's shoulders, like two grown men. Now, the one guy on the bottom was crouching down a little bit, <laughs> but still pretty impressive. And he, he, I always love the crowd reaction at the dunk competition. The, oh! Oh, oh, oh! Was was Duncan? There was a lot of that going on. Pascal Siakam was there. He had a camcorder with him for some reason. I don't even know where you get a camcorder these days. The one thing that I think scored Mac McClung a lot of points was every single dunk he made, he did on his first try. A couple of the guys needed a couple of tries to do it. He nailed every dunk on the first try. Well, congratulations to him. And congratulations to the manager of the Blue Jays who saved a woman's life over the weekend. Yeah, John Schneider out for lunch with his wife, noticed a woman at a table nearby starting to choke, went over, uh, gave her the Heimlich maneuver, saved her life, and for his troubles, all he got was a free beer. I mean, shouldn't he get more than that? Well, cold beer's not enough, Dev. Cold beer's great. I, I, can think, go, I can go for a cold beer right now. I think saving somebody's life, having that story is a prize itself, because you can always tell that story for the rest of your yeah, life. you should get a certificate uh, <laughs> to, nice to and, hang out. Yeah, embossed certificate. Or, or a card where you get a free cold beer every time you go to that restaurant from now on. Ooh. Here's the thing, though. Which restaurant is giving out, I, got sa- I saved someone at X restaurant? That doesn't sound like the kind of restaurant you want to be eating at. <laughs> That's true. If they have certificates <laughs> on hand... <laughs> Heimlich maneuver certificates waiting in the office. Yeah, it's time to call in the inspector. (laughs) Well, let's hope John Schneider's warming up here to stop the Blue Jays from choking in the regular season. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. It's Taz and Jim, and the phone's ringing. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, it's Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly? What? NHL star Ryan O'Reilly, you had a whirlwind weekend. Thank you for taking the time to give us a call today. It, it, what was it like to get traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs? It, it's tough to put into words what, what it's like. It just happens, and you know, it kind of minds and shock. And even now, I still, I still can't believe it. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And how are your friends in the Seaforth area reacting to the news that you're playing a little closer to home? Hey, it's Ryan O'Reilly. Nah, oh, damn. <laughs> 
We almost had him. We almost had him. Yeah, awesome trade. Well, some Leaf fans were very excited, but I've uh, come to realize that I think some people just cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs because they enjoy the negativity of it all. For some people, pain is pleasure, Taz. Right. There's people complaining that O'Reilly got traded I th- to the Leafs. I think the maybe the only valid concern, and we'll run it by Dev later, is perhaps they should have spent their money on a defenseman or a goalie, I mm-hmm. think is the one complaint that people are making. However, what a great get. Yeah. He's an awesome dude. He seems to want to go to Toronto. He's doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And he's a Stanley Cup champion. We actually have had Ryan O'Reilly on the Taz and Jim show in the past. We spoke to him after he won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. Did it feel the way you thought it would feel when you hoisted that cup over your head for the first time, Ryan? Um, It's tough to put into words what what it's like. It just happens and, you know, kind of minds and shock and... Even now, I still I still can't believe it. Like you know, when I look and see pictures and all that, it just kind of brings a smile to my face. That kind of I lived a dream, and it's yeah, it's just like feeling the cup. Uh, you know, as the Jennings pump in that first initial little hoist of it, I guess uh, you think it'd be a lot heavier, but um, yeah, it's uh, it was uh, incredible. I don't know how you could not be excited to have this guy as part of your organization, Jim. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's great. He's a great player. The Taz and Jim Podcast. I've got to apologize to our boss, Brad. I called him on the weekend. I was driving, and uh, Brad and I were having a work conversation, and Brad was, you know, he was kind of laid back. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. He was... Uh, he was using some salty language. He was like, effing this and effing that. Sure, as you do on a long weekend? A couple S's in there. Okay, that's it though, right? Just S's and F's. Okay, good. No C's. <laughs> no C's. Good. That wouldn't be our boss. So we, I'm driving, and after about the third or fourth F, uh, my son, Grayson, who's six, pipes up from the back seat and says, Daddy, could you please tell that guy that there's kids in the car? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, Brad, uh, right. uh, my kids are in the back seat. He's like, uh, yeah, thanks. I got yeah. it now. <laughs> Where were you on the first F that was dropped? Shouldn't you have been well, ripping he, that in the bud? He was in, there was, it was, I basically let him finish his thought. So it was the first paragraph or, you know, a couple of sentences. He got a couple good Fs out. Oh, before so, he cut in? Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt him, but I was going to tell him that the kids were in the back seat. Well, you shouldn't have to wait. Dude, you do this constantly. If I'll call you, like, uh, I'll talk to you for five minutes talking about whatever, and then all of a sudden your wife or a buddy will pipe up, and they've been listening to the conversation <laughs> the whole time. Now, I haven't been caught in a precarious situation, but it easily could have happened. And there's times where you'll call somebody, like your a buddy or something like that, and I'll be sitting in the, the passenger seat, and you don't say I'm there, so I'm feeling really uncomfortable because you're just having... This guy doesn't know I'm sitting there listening to his conversation. Who knows so what he's going to say? Yeah. He could say, Jim Kelly is a big old idiot. That'd be amazing. That'd be best case scenario, I think. <laughs> you need to, when somebody calls, like, say, off the top, you're with somebody, I think. Is it bad form not to identify if you're driving in the car and somebody calls or you call, you have to identify off the top all the passengers in the vehicle? Like, I should say, hey, just driving with my wife, Jim. Yes. Your wife especially. If it's somebody you're driving with constantly, 
Because mm-hmm. I might say something salty too, and I don't. I don't think everybody needs to hear that. You never yeah. know. Sometimes we'll call and do a vent session, and you know, sometimes it is private. When when certain buddies call, I do let them know immediately if my wife is in the car. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, a, there's a, a short list. Of like, hey, just so you know, I'm driving yeah. with my wife here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's because usually the first thing is, hey, what's up? And you say, you could just say, hey, I'm driving with my old pal Jimbo. I've got two kids in the back. Yeah, that too. Jim's here. Mm-hmm. They're all very impressionable. Yeah, the whole gang's here. <laughs> Jim's got sensitive ears. We're just headed out to go for a picnic together. <laughs> but like me, and Jim, and the kids. <laughs> but I feel like almost dirty. Like I'm doing something wrong when I'm in the car. Yeah. Like I'm eavesdropping. Voyeuristic. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay, so uh, out out of the gate, whether I'm answering a call or making a call. I pledge to start identifying the other passengers in the vehicle to everybody. Yeah. Like when people call our radio studio, what do you say? I say, hey, it's Taz and Jim. Exactly. It needs to be the exact same in the car. Hey, it's Taz and Jim, and we've got two children, young children (laughs) in the backseat, so don't drop any F-bombs. That's simple. Or maybe just clean up your language, boss Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to happen.